0: free podcast. I am your host,
1: DJ Stevens. Step, Step in. in, the Step
0: MVP in. of Filter Free. Joining me as always, Dollar Bill Dave. Dave's leaving the QC. Yes, he is. He's headed down to Bama. And Timmy I'll be, C. I'll be Adam from Bama's cousin. Dave from Bama. Dave. From- <laughs> <laughs> I am the
1: VD of Filter Free.
0: Maybe. Ew. I, I was. You look like you have VD with those little eyeballs you got.
1: But <laughs> well, that doesn't even make sense. I don't have it. You can't see my eyeballs.
0: <laughs> please remember they're so little. Please remember to get your shots and subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> <your shots>. Rabies? <laughs> while, you're, while you're at it, follow the show on Twitter at FF Podcast on Instagram at Filter Free Podcast. Follow the network at Filter Free Net. Tenny. What are all the stuff we have coming up on our Patreon, including a game show? I just found out about yesterday.
1: Our game show, what? Yeah, we're doing. Apparently, we're doing. Uh, Damn, Friday. Tell us about the game show that we're doing.
0: Are you better Friday, than? Are you smarter March. than step-ends? I think it's March thirty first. Let me check think, my calendar. I think it's March thirty first. We're doing. I'm not even sure what it's about. Two. Friday, March thirty first. We are doing. Rattling trivia. Are you smarter than Stephen's? I've got a probably. lot of shit to get rid of before we move. So Man. I'm going to need some people to get some answers right so I get rid of m- more than like 3 things cuz the last time we had a bunch of dummies on our Patreon. Ed's going to clear you out just so you know. That's fine. I don't care. Just <laughs> That's I got to get this shit out of my house.
1: Dave's the only person I know that has a yard sale on Patreon.
0: Okay. It's a really good idea so if you think about it. And it's free. Yeah. I'll even pay the shipping.
1: Wow. A guy. As a patron, you get legends. Let's rethink this. Soon to come again, footballers getting paid with Tim and Dave. By the way, the XFL, Jeff's kiss. Wrestling like rewrite it. with the Step Ins and the Kolb and the TEW. Where are yes. you at Brian,
0: now? Brian Kendrick is his champion
1: mm-hmm.
0: now. No, it's, it's so. Again, All Mike onion. has been gone, so we're still at
1: April 2005. It's moving right along. Good job. Yep. Yeah. You also so get Eddie the new hot... Along. We haven't added shit to our Patreon in a while. we got to get on that. Sorry, guys. Cole, There's a I ton think, of shit coming.
0: I think Cole I think. and I are doing ours today. We, we, earlier, we did
1: so. kind of fart some shit out yesterday, so... That's a lot more is coming. Don't Dave say that. Was,
0: Dave was in Bama. I got to move, so... Been busy.
1: We also have the new hot show Evolution of Evil with the step in and the fund director talking about people killing people
0: and fathering babies. Yeah, the one we just did, uh, Justin just did the killer nurse, Charles Cullen, who may have killed 400 people, making him the most prolific serial killer ever. And I didn't may have, have. Yeah, Cullen? may have. They can't prove it. But what an asshole because of the because of his uh, the hospitals he worked at, the amount of deaths they had. They suspect.
1: Interesting. Is that from this year?
0: Uh, thousand four. T- really? It was when he got oh, convicted. So.
1: Oh, it's when he got convicted. So it happened in like nineteen ninety eight to two thousand. Yeah,
0: yeah. What a dick. Plus,
1: yeah. our twenty twenty three schedule of events and bus rides, maybe to Dave's house. Who knows? Hmm. Party in Bama. He's got to get a house first, though. That's true. I do have fun. We did find a beautiful house, but apparently it's not in a really good school district. And I don't want to pay more Is than there half a good million school district dollars. in Alabama?
0: A lot there's a lot in Huntsville. They have really good schools, but apparently not near that neighborhood. So, so I think getting, that one's going to be I don't want to pay more than half a million dollars for a house and have to pay for
1: private school. That seems true. counterintuitive. Rich, rich so. people problems.
0: I wish I was super rich. I want to be super rich where I could be like, I'm buying that house and the house next door to it. Cause I don't like those people and the house across the street.
1: You would buy an entire neighborhood. If I'm going to wired you having houses of people that you didn't like. Yeah. I'm going to buy Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so you can
0: uh, get all these, all these shows and then also see Dave's house on patreoncom forward slash filter free. Become a ten dollar dummy head or a five dollar hooer. Yeah, you can buy my house if you like. The, the tier it.
1: It's gonna be the <clears throat> next next special is gonna be lifestyles of the Dave and famous.
0: I, I love that Dave is leaving his neighborhood in Illinois, which was super nice to go to Alabama to be in another better, warmer climate neighborhood. Makes me smile. <laughs> I have to live closer to Tim's too far away. Exactly. But you're moving farther from me. Who? <laughs> Hey. Okay. <laughs> Let's start the show before I cry. This week we're going back to March 20th, 1976. Good hey, lord. Three, Can we, we not do, do any more 70 shows, please? I was
1: I, I was 12 years old when this came out. I was out.
0: well, I, I'm glad you added yourself because I was just about to say this might be the first show we've ever done where none of us were alive. And then you're like, no,
1: I'm 12. Okay. I was 12 here. And we're going to watch some
0: WWF All Star Wrestling, and uh, spoiler: alert, it was terrible.
1: It no, was more, more uh,
0: was
1: no more. No more seventies, please. I so can't. That's do not movies. terrible. That's
0: not possible. I've never so seen a seventies movie. Black shampoo.
1: Dazed and confused. Took place in the seventies,
0: but it wasn't made in the seventies. <laughs> All right, Dave, have you seen it? There was this one movie where they were high. <laughs> it Came out <laughs> in like '89, but it took '93. There maybe was, seven. um, anyway, maybe uh, Did one of the maybe. Star Wars or Supermans come out like '79. Yeah, '78. Superman. Anyway, let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. <laughs> let's run through some events filter free up first, or is it missed the cut? March 1st, we have the Academy of Country Music Awards with Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn taking home the hardware from that show.
1: Good names make me smile. Conway Twitty and, Conway like, Twitty is Ridley. a great name Yes. It I can't name one Conway
0: Conway Conrad Twitty song who the
1: fuck is Conway? Conrad Twitty it's
0: Conway oh uh, yeah Conway <laughs> I it's can't even Con- name his name Kanye
1: Twitty Conway Twitty Kanye
0: <laughs> I like that he shows up on Family Guy a lot type
1: no uh, hey, hey. uh, uh,
0: nope like never heard of it March first, Jack Nicholas wins the second players championship at Inverary Course, finishing three strokes ahead of second place JC Sneed. I love him in that first Batman movie. That's Michael Jack Nicholson. Keaton. Yeah. It's Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. No, it's not guy. You ever seen them both in the same place at the same time? That's a great point. I can't argue Holy that more. You first, know his grandson is Florida State Seminole legend. Tight end. He was the best. Go ahead. You're gonna say his name? Yeah. No, you don't. You guys don't deserve that. Okay. Because <laughs> he doesn't know it. Mark I Travis Quapple. I forgot it totally. <laughs> March first Travis Quapple, former NASCAR driver and 2003 Craftsman Truck Series champion, is born in Janesville, Wisconsin. T. March 2nd, Disney World gives admittance to guest number 50 million.
1: Good God. That was in 76. We're you going to now. 412 trillion.
0: <laughs> March 2nd, John Wayne Gacy is divorced from Carol Hoff after three years of marriage, and yes. Wait, no, he he wasn't arrested yet here in 76.
1: No. Bad bad decision by her. She should have stuck it out.
0: Sure, yeah, that worked out in the end. March 4th. It's the second People's Choice Awards with John Wayne and Catherine Hepburn winning Motion Picture Awards and Carol Bennett winning in the TV category. Boy, John Wayne. Favorites. This is stupid. I'm Dave's already bummed out. We haven't got the doors in the wheel. <laughs> we got Conrad Twitty. <laughs> and John, and John Fred John Wayne. Wayne. John Fred Wayne up in here. <laughs> I love we John Wayne's the, toilet paper. Oh, my God. March 4th. This is, this is ridiculous. John Wayne Gacy's still married here, for Christ's <laughs> sake. March 4th, the San Francisco Giants are bought by Bob Lurie and Bud Herseth for $8 million.
1: Sweet Christ. I eight could million. literally buy them now. Are you kidding me?
0: You have $8 million? I could come up with $8 million. <laughs> <laughs> I could I rob get a
1: bank Craig.
0: Just have to get some, some spots. <laughs> That's a common theme. March fifth, Chicago White Sox first baseman in DH, as well as 2005 World Series champion with said White Sox, Paul Konerko, is born. Cincinnati
1: Reds oh, legend. I thought Paul this was going to be like a Babe Ruth story. <laughs> 1976. Well, he was Konerko was born. He's retired yeah. now, by the way. Yeah,
0: he's very retired. March fifth, MMA fighter Tim Sylvia is born. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's Big Country. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, he uh, okay. he got knocked out real quick by like Fedor, real quick. March sixth, Mister Kennedy is born in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
1: Anderson. Good
0: job, good job you. March eighth, Freddie Prince Jr. is born.
1: Wonder who his daddy was.
0: Um, okay. Freddie Prince. Yeah, that makes sense. March eighth. Timmy's favorite football player, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, and Super Bowl champion Hines Ward is born. That's a uh, San Antonio Brahmas coaching legend. San Antonio Brahmas. That's such a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your whore mouth. They're good movie. at football. I'm not saying the league's that good and the plays I not think good. That team I name think is like. I think they're one in
1: three. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Better than I would be. Yeah.
0: March 18th, another former White Sox player is born. This time it's Scott Pedsednik, a.k.a. Scotty Pods. AirPods? AirPods. March 19th, the band guitarist, the band guitarist, the, the guitarist from the band Free, Paul Kossoff, dies from a pulmonary embolism at age 25. That's not good. No. Uh-uh. Hey. Uh huh, they don't sing that Con- song. They free it's does all Kanye right now. that's he doesn't sing that song either. Mm-hmm. Kanye Twitty Kanye to Tw- Kanye Tweety <laughs> March 20th. Alice Cooper marries Cheryl Goddard in Al Capulco.
1: You know, that's not his real name, right? Alice Cooper, yeah,
0: yes, I'm aware of that.
1: Okay, his real name's Fred Cooper, Fred Cooper, it's Winnie wow. Cooper.
0: Michael Carlton Fred Carlton Fisk the 12th Cooper the 12th Cooper March 12th 21st Cooper. teenage Tennessee learns about touching himself when he discovers Farrah Fawcett for the first time
1: correct oh, yeah speaking of touching myself
0: where your camera just shut off what are you doing over there what who are we touching ourselves to I wasn't <laughs> paying attention March 22nd <laughs> hot dude have you seen her, her playboy she had cool nipples. I'm just saying. <laughs> she had cool nipples. March Speaking of cool nipples. March 22nd, Reese Witherspoon, is Reese Witherspoon is born in New Orleans. Reese Witherspoon is born. Witherspoon is born. <laughs> She's so hot. She looks like my wife. Reese Witherspoon? Mm-hmm. I guess she does a little bit, yeah. yeah. My dad swears to God they're sisters. Have you seen Presenting them on. in the same place at the same time? Just so like, what you're saying is I banged Reese Witherspoon, Sweet Home Alabama zone. Yep, <laughs> and the only movie that plays on the Jericho Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how to lose a guy in ten days? Yeah, <laughs> we watched both of them four times. March 24th on the same day we get two quarterbacks born. As former New Orleans Saints quarterback Aaron Brooks was born in Newport News, while Peyton Manning is born in New Orleans.
1: Interesting. Yes, one played in New Orleans. The other one was born in New Orleans. Aaron Brooks was good for a couple of years too.
0: No, he's he's pretty He he was he was all right. until he went to Oakland, and then just went down the shitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong on that. March 20th, he, he was all right for the Saints um, Saints for a while. Didn't yeah. he play for Virginia? Yeah, I think he went to Virginia. Yeah, he was born, so he was news, born in New Born in Yeah, years, he played so. for he played for Virginia. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He was really good in college. Yeah couldn't beat Florida State, but I mean, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. March 26th, the Toronto Blue Jays are purchased by Labatt Brewing Company for $7 million. and That sentence made me so happy to write out.
1: Was it $7 million Canadian? Because I know I could afford that. It was $7
0: million in in uh, Labatt beer.
1: <laughs> That's quite a bit. I
0: March wonder what beer. the difference between the two teams now. So, in 76, the San Francisco Giants were purchased for 1 million more than the Toronto Blue Jays and I guarantee you that number is astronomical now and it's way more than 1 million is what each team's worth cuz the Blue Jays are dog shit and nobody even goes to their games unless they're in the playoffs. Well the Giants sounds it, like, it
1: sounds like yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays.
0: Well yeah. <laughs> but you can't get tickets. Giants fans their tickets get passed down from generation to generation and the, the Giants it. are valued at three and a half billion right now, and the Blue Jays are one point seven eight billion Canadian. Who, so, who made the better investment? A ham sandwich. They are, um, let's see, they're two hundred million, twenty million dollars more than the Chicago White Sox. Well, now I'm curious what the what the least valuable team is because I saw the Padres on there. The Miami Marlins are worth that can't be right. 240 million. Oh, that's right. God, that's terrible. That's, that's revenue. A,
1: no, fair. they sold for two billion. They're,
0: right now, their value is at 990 billion or 990 million. The floor uh Tampa Bay Rays are second with 1.1 $1. $1. $1 billion. That's the second $1. least. 1.1 billion. I can almost <laughs> afford them. I can almost afford them. Mark's 26, Queen Elizabeth the Second. Sends out the first royal email. With what? I I I, I actually almost did that story just because of morbid curiosity.
1: Was with her hand. Was, was a with bird involved?
0: Stupid. I don't know. So. I still don't remember. I don't what, they, so. what do they have in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights? A fox instead of a fax? Like the fox a with the a pigeon. The fox? No, it was a fox in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, instead of a fax. Dave's right. Yes, Fox. March 20th, <laughs> March 26th. Paul McCartney's band Wings releases their album Wings at the Speed of Sound. I saw that TV show. What? Y'all yeah, don't remember the TV show Wings?
1: Oh, oh yeah. I on USA?
0: It. it was terrible. I used to watch it when I was home sick from school, and I'm like, who watches this shit?
1: <laughs> you. Me.
0: It's my fault it was on for all those seasons. <laughs> Isn't that a sp- another spinoff of Cheers, though?
1: Yeah, I think so. Was it? I think so. Not as good. Not as good as Cheers. How long was it on for?
0: Eight seasons. Are you shitting me? Yeah, well, Tony Shaloub, I think, was the lead. Right. Now I'm gonna go back and watch it. Is that our next project? We're gonna go from Cheers to Wings? No, no, we're not. <laughs> I watched a lot of Cheers. I mean, I finally I made it to where Kirstie Alley comes in, and then I kind of got tired of it, stopped watching.
1: Rest in peace, Kirstie Alley. That's a lot of cheers. She was hot back then. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, look who's talking my, now. My omelet has not come in yet. What is going on? Here? March 31st. While Dave looks for his room service, the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> beat the Utah Jazz 110-101 to 101 in New Orleans to clinch Cleveland's first ever playoff berth. And that There's was Stories in the so terrible. Cup. Yes. Stories in the Wheelhouse, March 6th. We have a WBA light welterweight title defense as 17-year-old Wilfred Benitez beats Antonio Cervantes in Cervantes' 10th title defense. This title win made Benitez the youngest world champion ever in boxing and more than likely in any sport outside of Olympic champions. Let's discuss the combatants involved. Cervantes got into boxing after meeting trainer Carmelo Prada, who was largely responsible for Cervantes developing his heavy-handed style. On January 31st, 1964, Cervantes turned pro one month after turning 19 years old. In his first fight, he beat Juan Martinez by decision in six rounds. The first 32 fights of his career were fought in Colombia, where he went 27-4-1. His trainer Prada then moved him and his fighter to Venezuela for more uh, publicity, and on November 25th, 1968, Cervantes knocked out Orlando Ruiz in the first round. Three days later, three days later, days he beat nestor rojas in a 10 round decision after going seven and three in venezuela he moved to la and he started his career in the states with a, a bang by beating jose rodriguez by knockout in the first round in 1972 cervantes beat alfonso frazier in the 10th round to win the world welterweight title making him a hero in Colombia. down goes frazier it's a different frazier oh, okay Frazier Crane. Cervantes Walt, defend- Walt Clyde Frazier. <laughs> well, we're in the right time frame. Cervantes defended the title nine times setting up for a clash against rookie phenom, 17-year-old Puerto Rican fighter, Wilfred Benitez. Here in March of 76, with his high school classmates in attendance, Benitez went the full 15 rounds with Antonio Cervantes and became the youngest champion in the sports history, winning via split decision. After three successful title defenses, Benitez moved up weight divisions to welterweight, where he won his second world title in 1979. After losing the welterweight title to Sugar Ray Leonard later in 79, Benitez once again moved up weight classes and at the age of 22 became the youngest three-time world champion in boxing history. After knocking out WBC super welterweight champion Maurice Hope in 12 rounds during a fight in Las Vegas. However, by 83, Benitez's health and career began to decline, and he was never the same. He eventually retired in 1990 with a record of 53 wins with eight losses and one draw. After retirement, Benitez moved back to Puerto Rico to live with his mother on a $200 a month pension provided by the World Boxing Council. Since Since 89, Benitez has suffered from an incurable degenerative brain condition caused by the blows he suffered in the ring. In 96, Benitez was inducted into the International
1: Boxing Hall of Fame and is considered one of the greatest Puerto Rican fighters of all time. Ring 10, a nonprofit organization that helps impoverished former fighters, provides a monthly stipend to Benitez and established the Wilford Benitez Fund to raise more money to aid the fallen champion. In 2002, Sugar Ray Leonard visited Benitez, who by this time had forgotten his own identity. During their visit, the fight was shown on television. Consequently, Benitez remembered the event and said to Leonard, Ray, I did not train for that fight. Are you kidding me? He, he fought Sugar Ray Leonard and didn't train for it. This guy was the shit. On November 27, 2012, a smiling and healthy-looking Benitez attended the funeral of Hector Camacho in Puerto Rico, arriving in a wheelchair. Benitez arrived, accompanied by boxers Felix Trinidad, Wilfredo Gomez and Alfredo Escalara. Surprising the mourners, Benitez rose to his feet for a boxing pose in front of Camacho's coffin. Wow. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Are these guys still alive? I believe yes. he is still alive. He's still alive. He lives in Chicago now with his mother in like public assistance housing mm-hmm. stuff. Can you imagine being the first to ever be all these great boxing champions that and the other and you're flat broke 10 years later? Yeah, it
1: happens in the NBA all the time.
0: Uh, It happens in a lot of professional sports all the time.
1: Let's move on from boxing
0: to one of the wildest stories of the 20th century, March 20th. One of the more famous crime stories from the night of the 20th century involving publishing heiress Hattie Hurst, as she's convicted of armed robbery for her part of a bank heist in 1974. Patty Hearst was the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst, might have heard of him, who created the largest newspaper, magazine, newsreel, and movie business in the world. She had a regular enough life growing up in California and even went to college at the University of California, Berkeley. Then on February 4th, 1974, Patty was kidnapped. She had a regular enough life in California with a billionaire grandfather. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I read her upbringing and there wasn't anything bizarre. I mean, it was pretty regular. That bitch went to the grocery store. She had a job at 7-Eleven. You just, you just mentioned you were going to try to buy the state of Alabama, and now you're going to throw shade? <laughs> I'm, I'm Patty Hurt. <laughs> then on February 4th, 1974, Patty was kidnapped by a small guerrilla left-wing group, the Symb- Symbionese Liberation Army, taking respons- responsibility for the kidnapping. Even though her father was a direct heir to her grandfather's empire, they never considered it necessary to provide extra security measures for their children. Of course, the kidnapping was monetary-based, but there was also the fact that the kidnappers tried to use the clout of the Hearst family to have two SLA members released from prison who had been arrested in November of 1973 for the murder of Oakland Public Schools Superintendent Marcus Foster. After the state refused to release the men, The SLA then demanded $70 million worth of food to every needy citizen of California, which would have cost more than $400 million to actually complete. They're the nicest
1: kidnappers ever. They weren't good at math, though. $70 million for every person? was only 12 of them that need food? (laughs) (laughs) What are you eating that $70 million is going to feed 12 people?
0: You see that? I shit out gold. (laughs) (laughs) Hearst's father then took out $2 million and donated that much that much food to the proof to the poor of the Bay Area for one year, which they called the People in Need Project. Once the distribution resulted in chaos and ultimately failed, the SLA just kept Patty Hearst. <laughs> Sorry, don't get her back. In April of 1974, Hearst was recorded on surveillance video wielding an M1 carbine while robbing the Sunset District branch of the Hibernia Bank in San Francisco. Two men entered the bank while the robbery was in progress and were shot and wounded by the SLA. According to testimony at her trial, a witness thought that Hearst had been several paces behind others when running to the getaway vehicle. Attorney General William Sagsby said that Hearst was a common criminal and not a reluctant participant in the robbery. And James L. Browning Jr. said that her participation in the robbery may have been voluntary and that she may not have been coerced into taking part. Hearst also helped make improvised explosive devices that were used in two unsuccessful attempts to kill police officers in August of 75. A month later, Hearst was arrested in San Francisco along with another SLA member. Here in March of 76, Hearst was convicted of bank robbery and using a firearm during the commission of a felony and given the maximum sentence possible of 35 years in prison, pending a reduction at the final sentence hearing, which was eventually reduced to seven years. Eventually, President Jimmy Carter commuted her federal sentence to the 22 months served, freeing her eight months before her first parole hearing. Later, she received full civil rights when President Bill Clinton granted her a pardon on his last day in office of January
1: 2001. She can now vote. Mm -hmm. Man, Man. must be nice to have a rich, influential family. By the way, she was kind of a smoke show here. Mm -hmm. Bush, shit Bush. (laughs) <laughs> it was the 70s everyone had bush hearst published the memoir every secret thing co-written with alvin moscow in 1981 her accounts resulted in authorities considering bringing new charges against her shut up
2: yeah that's not, that's not Don't,
1: why are you writing a memoir that's going to incriminate yourself she was interviewed in 2009 on NBC and said that the prosecutor suggested she had been in a consensual relationship with Wolf, one of the kidnappers. She described that as outrageous and an insult to rape victims. By the way, they had you on video robbing a bank with this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Completely innocent, I bet. Hearst has participated with her dogs in dog shows and her Shih Tzu rocket won the toy group at the Westminster Kennel Club dog show at Madison Square Garden on February 16, 2015. That's some bitch. The dog that is.
0: Was it a female dog? I don't know. I um uh, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to throw the joke in. I just wanted to say um, bitch. Uh, <laughs> might have had a might have had a wiener then it's not a bitch.
1: Maybe it had a red rocket.
0: I will forever Wait hate on. I will <laughs> <laughs> I will forever hate the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show because it made me miss Raw sometimes. Absolutely. Stupid.
1: Well, I hate them because they gave Patty Hurst an award.
0: There's that bitch <laughs> and her. I, bitch. I, I would have loved to have been there while they like, uh, you know, talked about like, can we give her the? I mean, her dog's <laughs> awesome, but I don't. Can we? Are we allowed to give her a trophy? She robs banks. <laughs> That's how she paid for this dog. <laughs> she might kill us if we don't. March 29th, it's NCAA tournament time, as we have the first occurrence of two teams playing in the title game, representing the same conference as Indiana takes on Michigan in the championship game. Here in 1976... Last year, we had two teams in the Final Four representing the same conference when the North Carolina Tar Heels defeated the Blue... The Blue, The Duke Blue Devils, 81-77. I'm just saying. I've seen it. i seen it. Uh, here in 1976, the tournament only included 32 teams with tournament play beginning on March 13th. The games were played in 13 different cities, with first-round games being played in Eugene, Oregon, Tempe, Arizona, Lawrence, Kansas, Denton, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, Charlotte, North Carolina, Providence, Rhode Island, and the finest part of the country, South Bend, Indiana. Nothing screams basketball like Eugene, Oregon.
1: (laughs) I loved him in the WWE. Eugene?
0: He was good. Regional games were played in L.A., Louisville, Greensboro, and Baton Rouge with the championship game being played in Philadelphia. This tournament hosted a venerable who's who of coaching legends that included Ray Meyer, Al McGuire, Dean Smith, Louis Carnesecca, Digger Phelps, John Thompson, Jerry Tarkanian, Gene Bartow, and renowned jerkoff Bobby Knight. Didn't Digger Phelps coach Notre Dame for a long time? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I think he was coaching Notre Dame here in 76. Cool.
1: Didn't Al McGuire hit 70 home runs in 1998? That was Mark McGuire. Oh, was that his dad? Yes. Okay. It's not even spelled the same.
0: This was also the final tournament ever held that included two undefeated teams, Indiana and Rutgers. This was also the last tournament to not include both Kentucky and Duke until 2021. 1976 also saw the city of Philadelphia hold the NBA All-Star Game the NHL All-Star Game, MLB All-Star Game, and NFL Pro Bowl because, you know, Bicentennial. Bob Knight finally won his first. Whose key cat was that? Patty Hearst. That was my daughter, not my cat. <laughs> Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst <laughs> was sounded robbing like, another bank upstairs. Sounded like somebody's cat got shot. <laughs> Bobby Knight finally won his first national championship after a remarkable two-season run that saw him go undefeated in the regular season and led Indiana to an unheard of 37 straight Big Ten
1: wins. Good Lord. The long of Northwestern.
0: Yes. Following the Hoosiers' 14-point Final Four victory over UCLA and their 18-point national championship victory over Michigan, Bob Knight was cemented as someone who would be a legend in the sport and would still be talked about almost 50 years later because he's an asshole.
1: By TJ. Correct. So since TJ seems to be such a fan of him and he looks like my late Uncle Norman, let's talk about Bobby Knight. Okay. (laughs) On March 14, 2000, the CNN Sports Illustrated Network ran a piece on Robert Abbott's investigation of Knight in which former player Neil Reed claimed he had been choked by Knight during a practice in 1997. Okay, Bobby Knight
0: was like 70 then.
1: Yeah. And you're like 19. Yeah. Stand up. And, and 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 see. probably a foot taller than him. I don't even Get know how your, your damn hands off that. me, asshole. <laughs> in response, IU President Miles Brand announced that he had adopted a quote zero tolerance policy with regard to Knight's behavior to which Bobby Knight threw a chair at him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be funny.
1: Later in the year, September 2000, Indiana freshman, not basketball player, Kent Harvey reportedly said, hey, Knight, what's up tonight? According to Harvey, Knight then grabbed him by the arm and lectured him for not showing him respect, insisting that Harvey address him as either Mr. Knight or Coach Knight instead of simply Knight. I would have showed him my balls. I don't think that that's an unreasonable ask, though. I mean... It's not like he, he put him in an arc. He was bar. 75 at the time. I don't often walk up to 75-year-old men and just call him by their last name. Hey, Harvey. <laughs> Do
0: you know how hilarious the story would be if they said Bobby Knight put him in an arc bar? <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it was a cross-faced chicken wing. Uh, he grabbed my arm and made me call him <laughs> Coach Knight. How dare he? So, so. After he grabbed his arm and gave this kid a stern talking to, Brand asked Knight to resign on September 10th and Knight refused. Brand relieved him of his coaching duties effective immediately. Are you kidding me? Okay.
0: All things is this he wanted took him
1: down? he wanted him gone. All right, let's talk him. about <laughs> and Indiana has sucked balls ever since. This ne- this next part makes me chuckle. In a March 2017 interview on the Dan Patrick Show, Knight stated that he had no interest of ever returning to Indiana. When host Dan Patrick commented that most of the administration that had fired Knight 17 years earlier were no longer there, Knight said, "I hope they're all dead."
0: <laughs> I like Bobby, <laughs> love me some Bobby Knight. <laughs> How it's do absolute, you not like him? He's an absolute prick. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: I, I just because he wants you to call him Mister
0: or Coach? I just, I just love the fact that of all the things that he did when he coached at IU, he got fired for being disrespectful.
1: No, he got fired for trying to put some respect on himself. That's
0: that's what I meant. Yeah. Like dude's 82 years
1: old. He needs to come back into coaching. (laughs) Could you
0: imagine him coaching now? These kids would, they would die. The the entire team would
1: be crying just sitting on the baseline.
0: Could you imagine the, like his exit interview for the season? And the kid's like, well, I'm going to transfer. And he'd be like, you're a pussy. And this guy would come out with snot bubbles and shit. And it would just be. <laughs> Coach said bad words to me. Go, go, go. I mean, his, 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 fa- his most famous clip is him frisbee a chair across the court. That will live in for me forever. It surprises me more coaches don't go crazy. Cause you see some terrible calls, and I would just think if I was the coach, I probably would have WWE'd my chair over that ref's head or something. <laughs> and Bobby Knight. Was Speaking of WWE and coaches, did you guys him.
1: see the Arkansas coach after they beat Kansas? take his shirt off and take spin his shirt off his head and like it around? <laughs> he went full Pete Pablo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's time. This is going to be great. For box score trivia, let's go ahead and play that intro. Oh, if you did the fucking
2: right. in you hit, I, I got it. I
0: think they got the names Right. right. See, I'm, I'm the table setup. Right. Right. Put your hands on him and let Put your hands on my let's on play. Oh, they think they this. can play physical football today. Because you don't trust anyone, or they can misconstrue your word.
1: This so all won't get fine, boss. <laughs> but today, I'm the greatest.
2: All time. You
0: like that? You like that? Ricky Henderson still put, never gets old. Put your hands on him. Let's play. <laughs> put your
1: hands on him. Let's play.
0: <laughs> we're going to do box score Trivia 1976 edition. And since for whatever reason, I could not find statistics on college basketball, we're going to do the NBA here. Oh, good. So, cool. so we're going to start all with... Right. The, 1976 NBA Bill Walton Points per game leader Kareem Abdul-Jabbar I'm going to make it give me two Because number two is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar With 27.7 Kevin McHale Kevin McHale's a good actually a good guess but no Bill Walton Bill Walton Bill Russell Bill Russell was long retired by then <laughs> No Bill, Bill, Bill MB. Wilt Will Chamberlain Will No no. Pistol Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich, number three, 25.9. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Look at us win this bitch. That's why I made you give me two because he was also on there. Let's go with to the top ten here. Number ten, tied for tenth, Calvin Murphy of the Rockets and Rick Barry of the Warriors, both with twenty one. Number nine, Bob Rick Andrews. Barry used to <laughs> shoot the free throws, underhanded. Under yeah, or he Granny style. style preferred yeah. his cousin Marvin Barry. Twenty one point five for Dandridge. Number eight, John Drew of the Hawks, twenty one point six. Number seven, Randy Smith of the Buffalo something. I don't know what NBA team was in Buffalo. 21.8. Number six, George McGinnis of the 76ers to 23. Number five, Fred Brown Ew. of the Supersonics, 23.1. Buffalo Bills basketball. I think it's the Buffalo Braves. I know they were. Buffalo's f- butthole. <laughs> That's definitely not what it was. <laughs> number four, Tiny Archibald of Kansas City with 24.8. And number one of the Buffalo Braves, I think, Bob McAdoo. Thirty-one point one points per game. Let's do rebounds Uh, a game, and against again, we're going to go with two because you're definitely going to get one of them. Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo is number seven. North Carolina Car Heels legend Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo number seven. Twelve point four. That's a lot of rebounds. It was the Buffalo Braves. Okay. No, no. uh, Walt Frazier. Oscar Robertson. No. Are we doing rebounds now? Yeah, rebounds per game. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one, 16.9 rebounds Bob per McAdoo. game. Bob McAdoo. You already said it. it was you already seven. said it, and it was right. So let's oh. do the rest of the top 10. Number 10, <laughs> Elvin Hayes. <laughs> number nine, Spencer Haywood. Number eight, Elmore Smith. Number six, Elvin. George McGinnis. Number five, Sam Lacey. Number four, Paul Silas. Number three, Hall of Famer Wes Unseld of the Washington Bullets. And number two, Dave Cowens. <laughs>
1: Paul Silas has retired from coaching now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was uh, almost
0: 50 years ago, so. Yeah,
1: let's do. <laughs> a lot of those guys have
0: retired from life now. That's mean. Let's do steals. For a game, let's see if you can get one here for steals. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> nope. No, no. That, that's not going to work for this one. Magic uh... Johnson. I don't think he came until until... Pete Maravich, he came 79. 79. No Pete Maravich. Bill Walton. No. Pete Maravich you... is... <laughs> I love that we're doing assists per game and you guys are naming centers. Rick Barry. <laughs> I Rick... thought we were doing steals. You said steals. Oh, are we? We were doing steals, so, yes. John, John Warner, we're getting them all wrong. You don't even have the right shit Boy, pulled up. You Steel, no, for all those you said. But oh. Rick Barry is right. Number four. Hey, hey look at me. Look at so guy, we're winning this, bitch. You owe us dinner. <laughs> the, I, whenever you, uh, you know, get ready to move away from me farther, I, I will get dinner. Maybe Here's, it shouldn't be so damn cold up here. I wouldn't move away. <laughs> Here's the rest of your top <laughs> 10. You my God. <laughs> Number 10, Fred Brown. Number nine, Steve Mix. Number eight, Chicago Bulls legends, Norm Van Leer. Nope. Number seven, Phil Chenier. Number six, Larry Schville. Schville. Deal. How do you spell that? Schville. No, it's Larry's shut up. Number oh. five, Chris Ford. Cheville. Number three, Paul Westfall, oh. who's also a retired coach now. Number two, George McGinnis. And number one of the Seattle Supersonics, Slick Watts, with 3.2 students. That is a Gary great Payton. basketball name. Slick Gary Payne. And that was box score trivia. Let's transition from sports into another unfortunate story here on March 29th and an ugly story, eight Ohio National Guardsmen are indicted for the shooting of four Kent State students in 1970, now known as the Kent State Massacre. 1970 was a very interesting time in this country, to say the least, as the country was starting to show dissent with a younger generation who was seeing their friends and family being recruited for a war in Vietnam that was wearing on the, social, uh, on the society as a whole. This younger generation was also exploring different aspects in life that had never been experienced to any large degree before earning the nickname hippies. Young people across the country were showing their displeasure of the war, and one such display was at Kent State University in Kent, Ohio on May 4, 1970. By 1964, the United States had sent more than 500,000 troops to Vietnam with no signs of positive results, and as time went on, protests became more prevalent. When President Richard Nixon was elected in 1968, he had promised to end the war. The My Lai massacre in 1969 that saw troops kill 504 villagers saw the protests picked up even more so in the States, especially with the younger generation. Then on April 29th, 1970, the war moved into Eastern Cambodia and the lid of the proverbial pressure cooker was about to blow. In May of 70, Time Magazine called what ended up materializing as a nationwide student strike in colleges across the country. On May 5th, 500 students held a demonstration on the campus of Kent State. These continued to the weekend, then on Monday, May 4th, there was scheduled to be a protest at noon that was planned three days prior. The school administration tried to ban the protest to no avail. In all, 28 National Guard soldiers fired about 67 rounds over 13 seconds, killing four students while injuring nine others one of whom suffered permanent paralysis. The fatal shootings triggered immediate and massive outrage on campuses all over the country. It also increased participation in the student strike that saw more than 4 million students participate in organized walkouts at hundreds of universities, colleges, and high schools. Not only that, but the shootings and the strike affected public opinion of an already socially contentious time over the role of the United States in the Vietnam War. The guardsmen claimed self-defense, saying they feared for their lives. But that would act, that would actually be questioned once the evidence showed just how far protesters were from the National Guard. Of the there was that cat again. Sorry, that was Jack. I think this time. Of those yeah, shot, cat. none were closer than 71 feet to the guardsmen, and the nearest victim who was killed was said to be 265 feet away, with the average distance being some 345 feet. All of the victims were students who were in good standing at the university.
1: After repeatedly failing to disperse the crowd, a group of 96 National Guard troops from A Company and Company C of the 145th Infantry and Troop G of the 107th Armored Cavalry were ordered to advance. As the advancing guardsmen approached the crowd, tear gas was again fired at the crowd, making protesters retreat. At this point, some protesters started throwing stones at the guard to no significant effect. The guardsmen moved the crowd a bit, but boxed themselves into a fenced area by an athletic field. During their climb back to Blanket Hill, several guardsmen stopped it and half turned to keep their eyes on the students and in the Prentice Hall parking lot. At 1224, according to eyewitnesses, a sergeant named Myron Pryor turned and began firing at the crowd of students. Several guardsmen nearest the students also turned and fired their rifles at the students. In all, at least 29 of the guardsmen claimed to have fired their weapons using, like Dave said, an estimated 67 rounds of ammunition. You cannot fire 67 rounds into a huge crowd of students and not expect to kill people. This was tragic.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: No jokes for any of this. this no nope. Horrible tragedy in the history of the country.
0: I think... Uh... The only thing we can do with this is just go ahead and transition into our next topic. Timmy, go ahead and take it away. Producer, hit my music. Good job.
1: That means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioke. I'm walking outside the
2: high. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. (laughs) Don't
0: waste it. Up my up my you.
1: You. Oh, my darling, you look wonderful. Not okay, just-
0: world famous racist Eric Clapton.
1: Right, Timmy's trivia This is gonna be fun. 1976 1970s- 90s- music. Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Not one of the answers. Oh, I tried to stay in the rock genre because I know that's at least well, for yeah, you guys. I'm, I'm some out of this.
0: I'll just go get a piece of I'm pie what? or something. I got a brownie
1: in there and go eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Song number one, clue number one. This is the third single from the Eagles album, One of These Nights. Okay. It was later one of these by, nights. No, <laughs> it was later covered by Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and hit number four on the country chart.
2: Sister banger.
0: What that's I not a song, it was an Eagles song. I don't think it's a song at all. I
1: thought you said Waylon Jennings. This, this song is me. what happens if you put me on the highway. Show me a sign. I can't drive fifty-five. it one more time. I can't drive fifty.
2: show me And <laughs> it
0: one more
1: That was awesome. One more time, all right. Yeah. Song number two, clue number one. Puff Daddy. This is, a- this is Aerosmith's first hit off the debut album. Dude, Dude looked like a lady. Oh, I, I do remember
0: what it was. I was kind of cheating, but it's dream on.
1: Correct. <laughs> this is no fun. Clue number That's two. Cheating. It was reimagined for Eminem's sing for the moment. And it's what you'll do till your dreams come true. We'll hit the clip.
0: So thought I met him one time, but it was the other guy, Mick Jagger. <laughs> Stephen Tatters. He's yeah, he he just hitting in like a brick right now. He looks like Skeletor. Yes, in women's clothing.
1: Yes, that's a
0: very accurate
1: one. How was that? Skeletor in women's clothing. Cool. <laughs> song number three, you lace. guys again. I, I didn't even put a third clue down for this. So y'all, y'all Saturday Night listen. Fever. No, <laughs> Stop saying that. that's not even a song. That's a movie. Well, same thing. It's not. Clue number one. This is the lead single. From the Queen album, A Night at the Opera. (laughs) California Raisins. That's not a Queen song. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a song. This is a music category. Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Correct. I I win.
1: How much did that man drink? A lot of all up. those cups
0: on yeah. that. I was I
1: was still laughing from California raisins, so I think it's unfair <laughs> Or Saturday Night Fever. I didn't get a chance to answer. Dave doesn't have movies; he's just going to yell movie titles. That's, yep. <laughs> Let's go ahead and Ninja Turtles with real people.
0: We have, uh, we have changed the category or the the category name here. This is now the new segment: Private Smarts. <laughs> Jessica, go, go. all the looking chick is fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and start. Tom Selleck? Tom yeah. Selleck. I work with a Bush. guy that looks a lot like Tom Selleck. In Bush, in the for office. sure. Yeah. On his and
1: face and his chest, his back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's go ahead and move Ooh. into the first topic Butthole. Here. Stop it. Okie dokie. This, this person was born on February 2nd, 1947. And was an American actress. A four-time Primetime Emmy Award nominee and six-time Golden Globe Award nominee. She began her career. The- Farrah Fawcett is correct. That is number one. Oh, fine ass. Yeah, look at it.
1: I Who had knows? that poster.
0: I they think a lot of people children to that. I think a lot of people from the seventies had that poster.
1: There was more seed spilled to that thing than.
0: Yes, she was
1: super fine. <laughs> a train full of corn seed that derailed in Ohio. Mm, gross. Let's move on to the
0: second category, the second topic. This person was born on June 3rd, 1950, and she was also an American model and actress. She was Playboy Playmate of the Month for this March of 1976. She Have is a comment. No, she is the, the fellow. She is the fellow sister of fellow model Janice Pennington, and like Janice appeared as a model on game shows? Rebecca Pennington.
1: No, Jamie Pennington. No, you do have Mrs. the last name right. Miss Pennington.
0: Technically correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Her most notable work was as a regular on Card Sharks, but she also appeared as a substitute in is 1976 on, Price is right? on the version of the Nighttime Price Is Right hosted by Dennis James. Substitute teacher. Substitute uh, host. Because Janie and I might role play that. <laughs>
1: The price is right.
0: She married oh, Sean oh, okay. Cassidy, who was eight years younger than her in nine, in December of 79. They have two children together and divorced in 1993. Topic Leif, number two. Leaf Cassidy. <laughs> Leaf Cassidy. Topic number two, Ann Pennington. Whoa! wow. Hold on. Be right back. <laughs> is that Ann with an E? No. <laughs>
1: saying, um, it's it's, it's Ann with an A.
0: <laughs> I meant at the end of the end. Ann Pennington. She's my new favorite. <laughs> she's my new favorite. With all 1976. 1976. Anne and that's Ann Pennington. Bush. Naked. Images. Oh, she's wearing under And it's got bush because it's like hanging out the side. <laughs> oh. Let's move on to topic number three. This actor was born on July 6, 1946. After his beginnings as a struggling actor for a number of years, upon arriving in New York City in 1969, Tom. Later in no, and later in Hollywood, 1974, he won his first critical acclaim as an actor for his co-starring role as Stanley Roselli, uh, Rosiello, Rosello, in *The Lords of Flatbush*. Bush. He's oh. Bush. He's Tony Rosselli. He's no. Was the 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 offensive tackle of Jacksonville? He subsequently found gradual work as an extra or side character in films with a sizable budget until he he (laughs) achieved his greatest critical and commercial success as an actor, starting in 1976 with his role as a boxer in the first film of a successful series. Robert De Niro. For for which he also wrote the screenplays. Robert De Niro. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone is number three. There you go. Bitch, you should have said the star of Tulsa King. Then I would have nuked it. Tulsa King. Tulsa King. Have you seen Tulsa King? No. It comes on Paramount Plus. I'm I telling you, that it is, either. It, is abs- it is the best show I've ever seen. Better it's than the Webster? writer from
1: uh, Yellowstone.
0: Rather. I started watching the new Perry Mason on HBO, and it is also excellent. Is it? Yes.
1: I watched the old so, Perry Mason. If you haven't
0: seen Tulsa King, figure out a way to watch it. It is literally amazing. Literally. Literally really amazing. Do you know what was not amazing? This wrestling card. And let's go that ahead. It's amazing. Let's crack into that. This show sure sure. sucked, and I'm leaving the show because I'm done. we Dave just quit. We're watching <laughs> WWF All Star Wrestling from March 20th, 1976. We get an intro into the show, showcasing the main stars of the WWF, including Billy Graham, Bruno Sammartino, and Andre the Giant, with some phenomenal 70s music. But it's Vince McMahon and Antonio Rocca, and I can't understand a word Rocca says. It's Who's- Antonino, isn't it? Yeah, Antonino Rocca. Who thought this was a good idea?
1: Wrestling sure has changed since 1976. Yes. For the but better. I do think Antonino styles his hair with 220, I think. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Gits, you know, something about Mary. <laughs> it was actually Vince's Vince's Seaman. Yes. Uh, oh. Senior. A goo. A goo. <laughs> it's a goo. Mark, it's match one.
0: Jizz. Uh, match one. We get an it's introduction jizz. for everyone who's ever worked for the WWF as we have a tag match between Pat Barrett and uh for some reason Rivera doesn't deserve a first name <laughs> as they take on the executioners managed by Lou Albano. What is McMahon's requirement of having an execu- executioner tag team? Tell me they didn't look stupid wearing blue outfits. They looked ridiculous. Right, blue um, that, executioners. McMahon is by himself on commentary, and I have to be honest, I don't know what's worse, a three-man booth or a solo booth. McMahon was good with a partner like Jesse Ventura or Jerry Lawler, but he's not good by himself. Oh, wait, Raka is still there. He finally started talking. His match ended. Four-foot-ten Johnny Rivera tries to jump into the ring over the top rope and he nearly tore his ball sack after catching his foot on the top rope. <laughs> Albano punches Rivera dead smack in front of the ref. But don't worry, there was a n- no disqualification as Barrett chases off Albano. Then one of the executioners throws Rivera out of the ring as Albano then gently kicks Rivera in the right buttock. One of the executioners hits a top rope knee drop, and that's the match. Not great. The executioners here were Killer Kowalski and Big John Studd, wow. who was very skinny. Yes. They would later be joined by executioner number three, who was actually Nikolai Volkov. Kowalski was almost 50 here, and it was very easy telling the two apart because he looked old. <laughs> even with the mask on.
1: Yeah. How many teams slash wrestlers over the course of the 70s, 80s, and hell, even the 90s, we're named Executioners.
0: Terry I, I remember seeing a, a, a combination of the executioners in the 90s, and one of them was Dwayne Gill.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were good. Stud looks like he was strong as hell here, though. He was young. He Match like a stick.
0: He did. Yeah, they were he's very skinny here. He hadn't put on the weight yet. Match two, Johnny Rods takes on Frankie Williams. Frankie Williams is, of course, famous for being the first person on Piper's pit and getting his silly ass kicked. Rods performed several strikes off the top rope, but then he drops the leg and goes for the pin. But for some reason, the ref counts to two, even though Williams didn't kick out. I I didn't understand what happened there.
1: He was not good at wrestling. That's what happened there.
0: There there is that, which is unfortunate because I was already ready for this match to be over. McMahon makes fun of Williams, says he's in poor shape, which is absolutely true. Williams would get two punches in a few times, and every time he just stood there and waited for Rods to kick him. (laughs) <laughs> will this match end please <laughs> Rod's hits two body slams and another leg drop for the win I don't think there was a single wrestling hold this entire match just punches and kicks on the slow motion ple- uh, replay we see Rod's leg drop actually results in Rod's sitting on Williams face this sucked yeah that had to hurt that leg drop because he totally botched that shit
1: I yeah. think William, Williams loved it Stuck his tongue but in this his match heartbreak. was so slow
0: And could you imagine if this were on TV nowadays? People would turn it off in droves. Yes. Before the bell rings.
1: Just seeing Frankie Williams, they would turn it off.
0: Johnny Rods was inducted into the WWE, WWF Hall of Fame in 1996. So he must have done something right in his career. But this is the first match I've ever seen from him, and he
1: sucked. I think he was a trainer, wasn't he? He trained a lot of people. Like T.J. said, Frankie Williams, famous for being the first person ever on Piper's Pit, he was announced from Columbus, Ohio. But if you ever watch the segment on Piper's Pit, you'll realize he was not from Columbus, Ohio. He was from some Hispanic country. Or the mental institution.
0: Maybe it's Columbus, Columbia. There you go.
1: It said, never mind. I think in 1976, Frankie Williams won the Jesse the Body Award. Though I think <laughs> that was that top rope stomp is very popular here in the WWWF. We've seen it twice in the first two matches. Yes, and then Rods finishes him with the Hogan leg drop, uh, or the ass to the face, whichever yeah, one he, you He one crushed to call Frankie's it. head. <laughs> 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 that's what was wrong with him <laughs> yeah, he got his face crushed <laughs> Johnny Rods led, led to Frank and Williams permanent disabilities
0: up next we have a promo spot with the tag team champions Tony Parisi and Lewis Serdan. I have to say there's a giant difference between this show and the southern shows we've watched the crowd is deathly quiet and the promos have about as much fire as a preacher at a funeral these two actually said they're training by playing tennis
1: That would have been a good Joel Watts video package.
0: Imagine listening to a promo with a tag team combination of Ben Stein and a passed out Richard Belzer. Absolutely horrendous. Fuck you, Richard Belzer.
1: (laughs) Rest in peace.
0: Or don't, but you're a piece of shit. Jesus.
1: (laughs) The executioners who we
0: saw earlier in the show actually won the titles from these two clowns.
1: A couple months later, in May of 76. I like how Dave runs from their names. Parisi and Serdan. <laughs> these Srdan. clowns. They Parisi were clowns. <laughs> I thought one of, them on looked like a, one of them looked like a fat Greg Brady, and the other one looked like a fat James Conn. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys were magic on the mic.
0: Yeah, they're just excellent. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> but seriously, is there anyone in this promotion that can speak good English? Not, why, even the, why not even the
0: Americans can. Andre the Giant.
1: The guy from Columbus can't even speak good English. And the, the guy says that he gets mad and can grow eight inches. He sounds like my penis. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's eight inches is giving yourself way too much credit. That's giving you seven extra inches.
1: No, I'm saying giving
0: you seven extra inches.
1: <laughs> it goes from me to me. <laughs> but I think this promo is going to go to a time limit draw with his crooked little fingers.
0: Yes, they the um, I, This I was I was yearning for the uh, what do you call the it? The, uh, the hook. No, the, the hook. What was the um, the curfew? The strike <laughs> in the middle of this promo. I was yearning for my internet to go outside <laughs> to watch this shit. Man. Match three. Pete Sanchez is introduced as the popular Pete Sanchez <laughs> as he takes on Scandor Akbar with Freddie Blassie. Once again, Sanchez is thrown outside the ring where ba- Blassie throws his head into the apron directly in front of referee Dick Worley. And no one gives a shit. Then he digs something into Sanchez's head in front of the ref. Still nothing. Great refereeing here. This whole match is Blassie beating the shit out of Sanchez in front of the ref. <laughs> Then suddenly and for seemingly no reason, the match is stopped and Akbar is disqualified for crotching Sanchez on the top rope. Stupid. Yeah, wrestling in the 70s absolutely sucked. And I refuse to take part in any more of these shows where I have to watch this crap. <laughs> is, there my foot age- down. is there an age range that you're barring? <laughs> your? <range? laughs> This referee was absolutely worthless and he saw <laughs> everything that Blassie did. He's literally looking at him. It was Blassie, Worley, not worthless, Worley. <laughs> you, you there, stop doing that. <laughs> Blassie was destroying this dude on the outside and. <laughs> Worley nothing, just, just looked at him. I wish I you would remember our Akbar from being a referee, not a, or I mean a manager, not a wrestler. And he was yeah. like 112 here too. So. Yeah. Actually, he was towards the end of his career here. Isn't Imagine career? the 70s was made up of Ric Flair nowadays. There's all these guys in the <laughs> ring.
2: <organization. laughs>
1: all I could think was I hope that Pete didn't wrestle dirty. Yeah. Sanchez. Sanchez. Dirty yeah, Sanchez. He would have been a dirty Sanchez at that point. <laughs> yeah. You do have two of the better managers of all time in this match, and one of them's wrestling, so there's that. Yeah. I agree. Why didn't the ref disqualify Marvin Blassie? just beating the shit out of him.
0: <laughs> I wish Dishwornly. you would do that out there.
1: <laughs> Blasi's literally abusing him outside the ring, and the official counts him. Don't hit him. One. <laughs> Two.
0: What? Still better than Aubrey Edwards. At least the ref wasn't doing flips off the top rope and shit during the middle of the match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hard to believe Danucci can still quarterback a team in the XFL.
0: That's how good this show was. You forgot Dominic
1: <laughs> Denucci yeah, like, came in at the end. Why did Dominic Danucci show? Was he in this match? <laughs> match four. <laughs> That's so memorable. I was actually scrolling back. I'm like, wait a minute. Sanchez, what a, why is what a, run in
0: by, a memorable run-in by Dominic DiNucci. <laughs> <laughs> None of us mentioned it. I just threw a comment about him in there. I was fast-forwarding. Let me get <laughs> to this shit. <laughs> Match four, Crusher Blackwell with Freddie Blassie takes on Kevin Sullivan. Yes, that Kevin Sullivan. Again, Blassie's attacking Sullivan and directly in front of the referee. <laughs> the hell's going on here? <laughs> then three police officers come and get Freddie Blassie because apparently he killed someone in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sullivan then begins to get the advantage on a 400 pound Blackwell. We're informed that Blassie's stable includes Lewis Sire, Blackwell, Akbar, and Rugged Staying Handsome. Blackwell gets back on top, and then suddenly the bell rings as for some reason Sullivan wins, even though they went to a time limit draw, and the ref gave the win to Sullivan. What? I love it. It's like a, like a four-minute time limit on this match. <laughs> and the ref's it's like, too, you win because I said long. so. You win because I can. You win. Kevin <laughs> look Sullivan look that, having man. brown hair just looked weird. Yes. Because he had brown hair. And every in every match, somebody was wearing red trunks on this show. Red they trunks. were all
1: wearing- they were all wearing the same trunks.
0: They had yeah. one match that had both people wearing red trunks. I do not know who the hell was who.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did they not have any other color? Like, you couldn't wear black or green? or. They were all gray. sharing
1: the same pair.
0: Well, because Crusher Blackwell was 400 pounds, he was wearing, like, a coat in this match. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but every time that bell would ring, I kept waiting for gold dust to come out because that dong sounded just like the beginning of his theme music. Hmm. Go back and watch it. Sound just like I don't want to go back and watch it. Yes, you have to. Since you made me watch this shit, you now have to go back and record it. Dong. Gold dust. And then Kevin Sullivan just won. Apparently. Apparently, the ref can just be like, hey, you win, dude. You won. (laughs) You got your ass kicked the whole time, but I declare you win. Even though it's a time of a (laughs) draw.
1: But other than the hair, literally, Kevin Sullivan looked the same for 30 years. Yeah. Because he looked, I mean, if you shaved his head. And put him, 20 years later, he'd look the exact same. He was ugly. Blackwell here would go on to be Hulk Hogan's replacement in the AWA as the top baby face. Seems like a legit stat there. Just, no, Hogan's gone. Let's put this fat ass in there. They're pretty close. Yeah. And how is Blackwell never in the faces of fear? Because I I feel like with his body type, he would have fit perfectly. Mm. And hey, it's a real-time limit draw. I like it. but. Then he awards Matt. What, what is going split. on
0: here? He died in January of 95. So he was not in the face of fear because he couldn't have been in the face of fear. <laughs> because of that would have been scary if he was.
1: <laughs> they had a mummy. A dead guy. They had a mummy. Zombie.
0: The Yeti. The Yeti. Match five Bugsy McGraw with Ernie Ladd and the Grand Wizard takes on Bobo Brazil. A lot of big-time wrestling out of Detroit here. The Sheik's territory with the Grand Wizard and Brazil out here. Before the match even starts, five cops come and get Ernie Ladd, although he he didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, the same ones from... Although he didn't do anything. And Ladd stays at ringside. What? (laughs) What (laughs) are we doing? (laughs) Every time I see the Grand Wizard, I will tell the story that as a gay Jewish man, he chose the name the Grand Wizard to piss off the KKK, which is outstanding. Correct. Finally, we get a match with some movement, and the crowd is finally into it. Brazil gets the advantage and goes for the pin when Ladd runs into the ring and attacks Brazil. Then Serdan and Parisi run into the ring with someone McMahon called the Indian for the save. I don't I don't know who that was. Brazil was, is your winner. Huh? I looked him up. It's the Indian Billy Waglow. Who? That was his name. <laughs> okay. you think that would fly these days?
1: No. Well. If he's from India, it might. Uh, He was not, though. Yeah. Not with a name like Waglow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Brazil is your winner by disqualification. McMahon gets a word in with Brazil about his feud with Ernie Ladd. Vince also calls Brazil the North American champion, which is the Sheik's top title in the Detroit territory, which is a nice nod there. As the Sheik was a pretty big heel on occasion for the McMahon's with Bruno and Pedro. That's how we go off the air. It's really unfortunate that the only shows we have the ability to watch from the 1970s is. The WWWF because they suck. McMahon also said he was like a five-time U.S. champion. Yeah. he yeah. What belt is that? NWA. Oh, oh yeah. Now it's they, the still, WWE. they still were part of that, weren't they? Yeah. This whole show, there was nothing but outside interference. Everything. <laughs> and cops. Way too much. And all these wrestlers, Bobo Brazil was 51 years old here. My God, what are we doing? I don't know about you guys, but I am craving to see Brutus Beefcake fight Greg the Hammer
1: Valentine right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No way. (laughs) No chance.
1: You know, I preferred Bugsy's son, Tim. Don't take the girl. Yeah, don't take the girl wrong Dave but it was 52 here you he was even older than you told it he was 52 and by the way let's rewind here this is the match where TJ said we finally get some movement it took a 52 year old man to get in the ring to provide yes. movement and then when Ladd attacked Brazil I was surprised that Dick Worley did, didn't start just counting him I don't know why I disqualified him hadn't all hadn't all night why are we disqualifying him now I'm not, even
0: that, man. Sure, I'm not even sure why the the some of these some of these matches had a referee. Why <laughs> they didn't do anything? Let's see, Muxy, uh, Just for uh, clarification, saying Bugsy McGraw was 31 at this show. So he was like, he, got he was beat like up a, by an elder. Yeah, he was like a spring chicken here at this show.
1: At 31, he was a spring 31.
0: <laughs> Already been in the business. Rookie of for the year. Years. Well, if you enjoyed this week's episode, please let us know. Give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Also, leave a review for us. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at FFPopCast, on Instagram at FilterFreePopCast. Follow the network at Filter Free Net. As for us, you can find all of us on our social media platforms at Timmy. At Timmy C 1979 Dave. Well, for right now, it's still Dave in the QC. Are you going to be Dave in the Bama? No, I'll be something else. Dave, Dave and the RC. RC, Rocket City, Rocket. I was going to say Rocket City Dave, but we'll see. Dave, Dave and the RC. There you go. Hola. Hmm. I'm at T Stevens 91. I'm not moving. Next week we cover WrestleMania 20. Not moving. That's true. Next week we cover WrestleMania 20 from March 14, 2004. The penguins snap their skid. We're hopping on the soul train. Kevin Brown conflicts the circuit, and so much more. Until then, this has been the Filter Free Podcast. And so long for now. Joke of the week: Why did the condom fly across the room? It was too big. It got pissed off. <laughs>